mean, it was just rich, you know. And the Lord just given me so much. And I'll be honest, it wasn't hard to find something to preach this morning. It was hard trying to discern which one to preach. And, uh, and, but, and I just went back and forth. And I thought, well, I'm going to preach something else this morning. But God just wouldn't let this uh, get off my mind. And, uh, and then, especially this week, I thought it was sort of fitting as we've had storms all over there. How many lost power this week? Anybody? Several of you did, yeah. And a lot of folk without power and a lot of storms this week. And so I just felt like maybe this uh, song would be fitting. And then I sat down there on the front row this morning in the choir, first song they sang, Till the Storm Passes By. And so I thought, okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you for confirming it today. Mark uh, chapter 6 and verse number 45. The Bible says, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them walking upon the sea and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And you may be seated this morning. And just for a few moments, I want to talk to you about this subject, some advice when going through the storm. Just a simple title, but that's what I want to talk to you about today. Uh, some advice when going through the storm. And so let's pray, and we'll jump right into the Bible study today. Father, thank you for the good service that you've given us today. And Lord, wonderful 10 o'clock hour. And then Lord, we're thankful for this uh, preaching time. God, thank you for all the music and the singing that's been provided, the choir and the congregation sang so well today. And Lord, we just appreciate, Lord, everything that's been done and contributed and invested into the service thus far. And now, Lord, I pray that the music and the singing has prepared our heart to receive something from your precious word. Now, Lord, every once in a while, I may bring a message of some kind that, uh, Lord, somebody may, may feel like, Lord, that message sort of misses them. But, Lord, pretty much everybody under the sound of this pastor's voice is either going to go through a storm or they're going through a storm right now. And so, Lord, I pray that you would knit our hearts together now. And I pray, God, that you would prepare us to hear your word. Father, have your way today. Oh, God, we pray for your breath. We pray for the touch of God. Lord, we know that, uh, Lord, Satan is not excited about what's going on here at Calvary Baptist Church. But, Lord, we, and, and, and the best we know how, we agree together. And we pray that you would bind the powers of darkness. And, God, I pray that you would keep your blessings in. We plead the blood of Jesus over the service. And we pray that you'd have your way. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake and all God's people said, amen. We learned several things from Mark chapter 6. In fact, last Sunday night, right before the fellowship, I preached for just a few moments 
uh, out of Mark chapter 6. And we said several important things. We said, number one, that Jesus personally placed his disciples into the ship that was heading right into the storm. Would you look at Mark chapter 6 and verse number 45? The Bible says, And straightway he, talking about the Lord, and he constrained his disciples to get into the ship. Did you know that Jesus Christ knew exactly what his disciples were in for? He knew that storm was coming. There's never an uh-oh with God. Somebody said, did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? <laughs> and that's true. And God doesn't say, whoops, I didn't know that was going to happen. No, God knew that was going to happen, eons and eons of times before it ever happened. And so the Lord Jesus Christ knew that the storm was coming, and yet he's the one that constrained his disciples to get into the ship that would carry them into the storm. We said, number two, the storm came right after the miracle. Notice, if you will, verse number 42. The Bible says, And they did all eat and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about 5,000 men. And so we know that Jesus fed a, a vast multitude with just five loaves and two fishes. And, and interesting that right after the miracle, the storm came. And uh, again, I'm not going to preach this message again, but I just I would say this, that don't be surprised that the storm comes right after your miracle. Don't be surprised the storm comes right after your promotion. Don't be surprised the storm comes right after your blessing. Don't be surprised the storm comes right after something great happens in your home or you get the raise and pay or you got a brand new car or whatever the case may be. Don't surprise that. Don't be surprised that the storm comes right after the miracle. Number three, we said that Jesus, and this was the part that we focused on last Sunday night, we said that Jesus personally allowed his disciples to stay in the storm. You'll notice verse number 47. The Bible says, and when even, notice the word even, and when even or evening, when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he, talking about Jesus, alone on the land, and he saw them toiling and rowing. And when even was come, in other words, sometime around 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock in the afternoon, Jesus looked down on the Sea of Galilee, and he saw his disciples in the storm of the century. Uh, I mean, row, rowing, toiling and rowing, somewhere between 3 to 6 o'clock in the afternoon. He looked down there and saw them in the storm. But the Bible tells us that he didn't go to them until the fourth watch of the night. What's the fourth watch of the night? That's 3 to 6 a.m. And so he saw them in the storm in the afternoon, but for some reason Jesus allowed them to stay in the storm until late that night. Now I just said that to say this. Somebody says, Preacher, I don't understand why God's allowing me to go through the storm. I don't understand why God is allowing this battle to come in our life. I don't understand. God's not right. God's not fair. God's not really a God of love like you say he is. And may I say, yes, God is a God of love. And God is wonderful. And God is, God is always right. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis chapter 19 says. But there are times when God allows you and I to struggle in the storm because God has a perfect plan and a perfect purpose. But I want to get into something new today. J.K. Elwood wrote the words to the song, The Unclouded Day. Oh, they tell me of a home far beyond the skies. Oh, they tell me of a home far away. Oh, they tell me of a home where no storm clouds rise. Oh, they tell me of an uncloudy day. 
I went to scripture this week and I began to try to find a verse to support that song. And I'll be honest with you, I was unsuccessful. I couldn't find one verse in scripture that says that heaven's gonna be a place that's gonna have no clouds. But as I began to study, I found out this, that it does make great sense that heaven will be a place of an unclouded day. They tell us today that basically you need three ingredients for a good thunderstorm. You need, number one, moisture, number two, lift, and number three, unstable air. Experts tell us that moisture is provided mostly by way of the oceans, and that moisture helps form the clouds. But our Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 21, verse number one, in heaven, there'll be no ocean. And so that, that would at least lend us to believe that there'll be no moisture pouring into the atmosphere. And so more than likely, heaven will be a place where there are no clouds and there'll be no storms on the horizon. But as long as we're here in this world, storms are a part of life. I mean, we might as well just go ahead and batten down the hatches. They're gonna come. We don't like them when they're fierce like they were this week and trees came down, power lines came down, people lost power and well, there was a lot of storminess and, and, uh, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't like those kind of storms either. But storms are a part of life. Storms are gonna come. You may be here this morning going through some type of a storm. Your storm may be a physical storm. It may be that here recently the doctor has diagnosed you with some kind of a, a physical affliction or a physical ailment. Your storm may be a social storm of sorts. You may be having some type of marital problems or maybe you've got a major family issue and maybe you've not told anybody about it, but, but there's something major brewing in your home or your family and, uh, and it's got you very concerned. Yours today may be a financial storm or maybe a spiritual storm. And I thought about this church, you know, you don't have to look very far to find somebody somewhere who's struggling in the storm. We, we, we have a good time at Calvary. We joke a little bit. We tell some jokes. We laugh. I think God gave you a laugh or I think y'all to laugh. Amen. And so we have a good time here at the church and and uh, some people take issue with us on that and uh, about telling a joke or, or, or saying something humorous or sarcastic. And, and, uh, but I just want to say, listen, this is not supposed to be a sad place. And if you want to find some sadness, just go with me and I'll take you to some sad places. This week, my wife and I were in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we were uh, at Presbyterian Hospital just making a visit. And, and we had a good visit with the family and and, uh, and when we uh, walked out of this big giant hospital and we had parked way around back in the emergency room uh, parking lot and when we walked out of the, the hospital, I had my pastor's badge on and a lady was walking toward the hospital and when she saw my pastor's badge, almost instant, instantaneously, she began to cry. And she just came up to my wife and I and she said, you're a pastor. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, would y'all please pray with me? And I said, yes, ma'am, we will. What's going on? And through tears, she began to, she began to tell us uh, the problem in her family and her husband was in the hospital and, uh, and, uh, and God knows. And you pray for Joni and, and, uh, and right there in the parking lot, we just bowed our heads and, and uh, we took hands and we prayed for Joni and, and just tried to encourage her in the Lord. And, and I'm just telling you that you don't have to look very far before you find somebody somewhere who's going through a major storm. 
But can I take just a few moments today and give you some advice when you're going through the storm? Just some simple, simple points this morning. How about this? Number one is this. When you're going through the storm, first of all, be calm while Jesus does his perfect work. Now, that's easy to read that statement, but it is difficult to live it. Would you look at Mark chapter 6, verse number 50? The Bible says in verse number 50, For they saw him and were troubled. Here they are in this horrendous storm. The Bible says, And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of what? Be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. That word cheer there means be of good comfort. Be of good courage. In other words, he, he was saying to his, to his disciples, man, calm down. Everything's going to be okay. Be of good cheer. I've got this. I've got the storm in the palm of my hand. Now be of good cheer. Be calm. Storms have a, a tendency to make people very nervous. My mama, man, God bless me with one of the greatest mothers that's ever lived. But I'll tell you something a little, bit my, a little bit about my mom. My mom hated storms. And when we were growing up, man, when a storm came, mom got so nervous. I can remember time and time again, a thunderstorm would start brewing and, and mom would get me and, and get my brothers and sisters and she'd say, come on. And we'd go down to the basement. We had a little place down there where we would hunker down and we would stay there in the basement whether we wanted to or not. I mean, we'd stay down there in the basement until the storm was passing over because that storm made my mother uh, so very uh, nervous. I was in a business, a local business not long ago and, uh, and uh, good Christian folks that run this business and I walked in their dog their dog was uh, in there was in the business and it's pretty pretty dog i think it was a golden retriever or uh, something like that and I, and I made a remark i said boy your dog a beautiful dog and they said well they said we're afraid to leave him at home and he said the other day we left him at home and he said there was a storm that came over and he said he liked to tore the house apart trying to get away from the storm and uh, just so scared of the storm. And so they said, we've got we've to bring him to work uh, just so he's not so afraid of the storm. And Calvary, may I say, when you go through a stormy time, do your best to remain calm while loving Heavenly Father works in your life. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's hard to do, but when the storms of life come, be calm, child of God. Be calm. You've heard this story. Dave Kistler, evangelist Dave Kistler was telling this story. He, uh, when he and his, his siblings grew up in their home, their mother uh, taught them, and, and she, one of the things that she taught them was art. And every day she would make them have almost like an art class there at their house. And, and she would sit them down, put them in front of their table. She would give them their paints, their canvas, and, uh, and, uh, and, and they would uh, have to paint and learn how to paint. She, was, she really was an artist. And, uh, and so every day, he said, they would uh, uh, learn how to, uh, how to paint. Well, he said one day he was uh, uh, in front of his desk and had the canvas out there and had his paints all out there. And he got a little, you know, careless, got a little careless. 
and he knocked over one of the, the jars of paint. He knocked it completely over onto the canvas and the paint just poured out onto the painting and, and boy, he just got flustered and he called his mom over and he said, Mom, I've ruined it. He said, I've ruined it. I, I've made a terrible mess. And, and uh, he said, it's, it's just ruined. And she said, honey, wait a minute. Wait, now wait a minute. And, uh, and the artist came over where the mess was and, and she took a, a rag and she began to wipe this way a little bit and then she began to wipe that way a little bit and then she began to blot here and she began to blot there and uh, and little by little that mess began to take shape and, and Brother Dave said before you knew it my mom the artist had made a beautiful beautiful something beautiful beautiful out of my terrible mess and, and you say preacher why are you saying that I said that to say this that there are times when we go into a storm and, and we react and, and, uh, and we make a terrible mess but I just want to say be calm child of God because there is a great artist in heaven that's painting a beautiful picture and I know you don't understand it and I know that I don't understand it and our ways are not his ways and, and, and uh, his, his thoughts are not our thoughts but I'm just telling you there is a God in heaven that loves you and cherishes you and I promise you he doesn't want anything bad for you but if you'll be calm God is able to take your mess and turn your mess into something mighty beautiful Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Hey, listen. Have you ever watched an artist paint a picture? I'm talking about somebody that's really good. You watched them paint that picture, and when they started, you were like, what? Let me give you an illustration. Man, you see that right there? And uh, there may be a few here that could maybe tell what that is. I'll be honest with you, I could not. And when that artist first begins that picture, that portrait, you, and, uh, and it's funny how an artist works. I mean, they'll do stuff at the bottom and then they'll do stuff at the top and, and they'll put a color here and another color there. And, uh, and when, you, when you first begin to watch that process, you're like, man, that, that's a mess. I mean, that, that's not pretty. That doesn't even make any sense. But you know what? You watch the artist, and little by little by little by little, you know what? It begins to take shape, and it begins to make sense. And, and I said that to say this. That's exactly how God is. And a lot of times, God is painting in your life, and God is creating in your life. And you look, and you say, God, I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. And I don't understand why you do that. I don't understand why you'd let me go through this storm. I don't understand why you'd allow me to go through this battle. You must not be a loving God. I want to tell you what, he is a loving God. He loves you more than you'll ever know. In fact, he loved you so much that he gave his only son to come and die for you. But be patient, be calm while the artist does a great work in your life and in my life. Oh, listen, maybe I'm overdoing this point just a little bit, but, uh, but I, I feel like maybe there's somebody here this morning that just needs this first point today. I remember a preacher telling this story about growing up in a drunkard's home. And just poor. I mean, poor as Job's turkey. Didn't have, I mean, didn't have anything. I mean, didn't have, hardly have anything to eat. And uh, just hand-me-down clothes and, uh, and lived in a little shanty of a house. His daddy was a drunkard, and he said their dad, uh, his dad uh, walked out and left him and his mother, and, and he said, uh, uh, I, I, I would be there night after night, and he said, my mom, she said she loved to, she loved to embroider or cross-stitch. And he said hours and hours, he said after work, she would sit in a rocking chair rocking, and, and she would be cross-stitching. And he said, I would run over as a little boy, and I'd say, Mama, 
What are you doing? You ladies know that when you look on the, the backside of cross-stitching, it looks like a bunch of threads and strings and it's all colors are all mangled together. And he would look up and he would say, Mom, why are you doing that? You're making such a mess. You're wasting your time. She would say, Honey, now you run on. And after a while, I'll let you see what, what Mama's doing. And so as a little boy, he'd run off and play, but then he'd come back directly and he'd look up there at that, that mangled mess of threads and strings and different colors. And he'd say, Mom, that's ugly. Mom, that doesn't make any sense. Mom, I don't know why you're doing that. Mom, why are you wasting your time? And she said, no, honey, you run along now. Leave Mama alone and, and let Mama do her thing. And, and, uh, and she would continue on and continue on after a while. She'd say, now, come on, come on back. And, and, uh, and she would take her little boy and she would put him up on her knee and uh, she would let him him see things. Oh, I'm about to get happy this morning. She'd let him see things from her perspective. Now, wait a minute now. Whereas underneath it looked like a mess. It looked like it looked like uh, just a bunch of colors and it looked like confusion. It looked like uh, uh, something that was going to be disastrous. But buddy, when you changed the perspective and got up on mama's knee, it was a beautiful picture of a sunrise or a beautiful picture of a rose in bloom. The perspective made all the difference. And we look up to God a lot of times when we say, God, what are you doing? That's the awfulest mess I've ever seen. I don't know why you're doing that in my life. And a loving heavenly father says, child, just go on and keep serving me. Just stay faithful. Keep on going to church. Keep on reading your Bible. Keep on spending time in prayer. Keep a sweet spirit. Keep loving me. And we come back time and time again and we say, Lord, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. But I'm telling you, child of God, there's coming a day when one of these days we'll see it from a different perspective. And there is a God that has a perfect plan and a perfect peace that he's able to give you and me. Be calm. Be calm while going through the storm. My God does his perfect plan. While I was working on this message, I was in my study and my wife was in, in her bathroom getting ready and she was listening to the radio. And as I was putting this message together, my ears, you ever, you ever been somewhere where you, you heard noise, but you really didn't think about it, and all of a sudden, it kicked in? I was working on this message when all of a sudden I heard what was on her phone, and the song said, many things about tomorrow, I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Number one, be calm while Jesus does his perfect work. Can I give you this second point quickly? Number two, be careful not to panic. Be careful not to panic when the storm comes. Would you look at Mark chapter 6, verse 50 again? The Bible says, For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I. Look what he says. Be not, what is, what's the word? Afraid. Be not afraid. Sometimes when there's a storm, people become so afraid, they actually do foolish or make foolish decisions. I mean, a flood, a storm comes, and a, a creek gets swollen. 
and there's rushing water and they come to the road and they think, I think I can make it. And so they begin to drive through this flood, not knowing if the road's even there still. They begin to drive through this flooded area and all of a sudden, and of course we've, we've heard of many disasters because of the flash flooding and people's cars were swept away and folks drowned. People do crazy things when storms come. A power line's laying across the street. I don't know why anybody would do this. But they get out of their car and they think, well, I'm going to move it. <laughs> and they don't move it, it moves them. And they end up losing their life to an electrocution. Or, or they go out to cut a tree before the storm is over. My point is, be careful when the storm comes. Be careful not to panic. You know, and, and, and God gave me this. A lot of times when the storm comes, if we're not careful, the way we react is we get aggravated. We do, don't we? <laughs> I hate to give personal testimonies. I really do. And it never fails when I'm getting ready to preach a message. God says, oh, by the way, what was that you were preaching tomorrow, preacher? I have a John Deere. I have a John Deere. You know what that means? That means it runs like a deer. Except yesterday. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm honest, honest. Man, I have, my, my lawnmower is so awesome. I love my lawnmower. It's paid off. I really love it. I love my lawnmower. And, uh, and man, that thing just, it just runs and runs and nothing runs like a deer. Amen, Brother Allen? Nothing runs like a deer. And, uh, but, Yesterday it didn't run like a deer, it didn't run like a turtle. I mean, I went out there and it wouldn't crank, and and uh, and you know, man, I got. I wish I could tell y'all that that I was singing "Amazing Grace," how sweet the sound. I wish I could tell you that, but it's not true. Man, I walked up the driveway. I mean, I was a huffing and a puffing, and I, and I, I don't know what I'm going to do. That lawnmower won't crank, and and uh, you know, and then the Lord said, "Hey, uh, hello." Hello, Pastor. Pastor, you ever you ever been a you ever had a time in your life where you're like, God, I don't want to talk to you right now. <laughs> Hello, knucklehead. Hello. What was that point you're giving the church tomorrow? And I had to say, Lord, you're right. But you know what we do when the storm comes? We panic. But even a little bit more seriously than that, a lot of folks do foolish things to escape their storms. Some use narcotics as an escape. Some turn to drugs. By the way, that never turns out well. Some turn to alcohol and even some to suicide. But I just want to I just want to say listen don't panic when the storm comes. I'm not going to have time to go there today we're out of time but you can jot it down if you're taking notes Acts chapter 27 is the reference. And the Bible says that Paul's on his way to Rome. They get in an unbelievable storm and the Bible says that the ship is tossed to and fro and the Bible says that the soldiers get ready to jump. And Paul comes to the centurion and says, except these abide in the ship, no man shall be saved. You know what Paul was saying? Don't panic. Don't panic. 
Hang in there. It's going to be okay. God's got a plan. Let's bring this thing to a close. I said this. Boy, by, by the way, let me give you a verse. Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Number one, be calm while Jesus does his perfect work. Number two, be careful not to panic. Anybody getting any help this morning? Amen. Amen. My Lord, I'm getting some help today. Oh, but I love this next one. Great day. Number three, be conscious that Jesus is watching. Can I show you something beautiful? Would you look back at Mark chapter 6 again? And would you find your place to verse number 49? Oh, this is great. This is wonderful. Mark chapter 6, verse number 49. The Bible says, but when they, talking about the disciples, but when they saw him, Walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a great spirit or been a spirit and cried out. Now look at verse number 50. The Bible says, For they all saw who? They all saw him. Were troubled. And immediately he talked to them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. Now we believe that somewhere around the fourth watch of the night that they saw him. They saw him. But you know what happened? Long before. They ever saw him. He saw them. Yes. <laughs> hey, look in your Bibles. Mark chapter 6 and verse number 47. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land, and he saw them. Aren't you glad this morning, church, you have a God that never slumbers nor sleeps? You're going through the storm of your life, and there's some of you here this morning, maybe you've not told another soul, nobody knows. Guess what? God knows. And that's why I had your pastor preach this message this morning. And I just want to encourage you by saying this. Everything's going to be okay. Just stay calm. Don't panic. And be conscious that even in the storm, God has his eye on you. I found this story. I want to read it for you. Reverend H.L. Hastings of Boston, Massachusetts. A very godly man was riding on horseback. This years and years and years ago, back during the days of horseback, was riding on horseback through the New Hampshire mountains with, uh, with a, a, a lot of money that he was taking to deliver when he stopped his horse to readjust his stirrups. The moon shone down brightly on him and his horse. He fixed his saddle, jumped on his horse, and reaching his destination, delivered the money. Several years afterward, he was called to the bedside of a dying man who asked him if he remembered the experience of getting off his horse and fixing his stirrups. Mr. Hastings said, yes, I do remember that. The dying man replied, I was lying in wait for you there and intended to kill you and take the money that I knew you had. He said, but when you got off your horse... I saw another man standing on the other side of your horse and I was afraid to kill two men so I didn't shoot. Reverend Hastings said, there was no other man with me that night. Yes, there was, the man replied. There was another man with you. You say, preach, what do you believe about that? I believe there was another man yeah. with him. That's exactly what I believe. You know why? Because when you can't see him, he's watching you. I'm guessing, I'm guessing that a soldier wrote this poem. 
And it goes like this. I'm standing guard at sunset, but I know I'm not alone. There's another one who's watching from his place upon a throne. He's my Lord, my great protector, who once died to make men free. He's watching. He is guarding. He's taking care of me. I'm standing guard at midnight on an island in the sea, far from home and all my loved ones, but my Lord is still with me. And the southern cross is gleaming in the starry sky above, and it serves as a reminder of my Lord's undying love. I'm standing guard at sunrise with the dawn's bright sky above, and I know the Lord will keep me watching over me in love. Now my watch is almost over, but his watch shall never cease. He has given me assurance and an everlasting peace. You're here this morning. You're going through a storm. And the devil has no doubt crept up beside you and whispered in your ear and said, boy, oh boy, God's not fair. God's not right. God doesn't love you. I'll tell you something. Satan's a liar. Don't believe the enemy. God has a perfect plan. God has a perfect peace. And you just trust in the Lord. Father, we thank you so much for this time we've had together this morning. Oh, Lord, I've enjoyed the message. And Lord, just as sure as I'm here today, somebody's battling sadness. Lord, somebody's battling some kind of a, some kind of a trial has unfolded in their life. And Lord, honestly, they just don't know how they're going to get through it. Lord, today you've reminded them that you're watching. You've reminded them that you have a perfect plan. God, you've reminded us that you're that artist that's drawing that beautiful canvas. We, 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 it, it, it doesn't make sense to us, but Lord, it's, it's, it's going to be beautiful. We're going to have to let the artist paint. I pray that you'll bless in this invitation. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would minister to hearts. And I pray that we would leave here trusting in the Lord. Leaning not to our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledging Him. and He shall direct our paths. God, have your way now in this invitation. And we sure thank you in Jesus' name. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. You're here this morning. <clears throat> you say, Pastor, if I died today, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. I sure want you to pray for me. I wonder if there might be one anywhere like that here today. You'd say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm born again. I want you to pray for me. You'd slip your hand up right now. Let me pray for you. Is there one? I'll not embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. All right. Amen. Is there another? Is there another? Right now, you'd lift your hand. Let me pray for you. Is there another? Hey, listen, God's dealing. God's dealing with some hearts. Folks are getting some help this morning. Oh, listen, child of God. God has a plan. God has a plan. I want you to stand this morning. Many have made their way to the altar today, but maybe there's others that ought to make your way down here. Maybe today you're just just going through a difficult time, a hard time, why don't you make your way to the front today? Find your, your way to an altar. Listen, if you need somebody to pray with you, we'll be glad to meet you down here and pray with you today.
So, Father, I pray you'd have your way in this invitation. God, it's evident that you're dealing with hearts. Lord, help us to trust. God, help us to understand that, that Lord, you're, you're taking care of us. Lord, help us to be still and know that there is a God. Oh, God, today, I pray that you'd give comfort where comfort is needed. I pray you'd give healing where healing is needed. God, have thy way in the invitation, please. And we thank you so much in Jesus' name. We're just going to keep our heads bowed for just a moment, for just a moment. And uh, listen, God's speaking to hearts, and and folks are getting some help, and folks are get, get receiving prayer. And you know what? This is what it's all about. This is why we're here. It's why we do what we do. This is what the old-fashioned altar is all about. If you need to come, listen, would you come? Would you come? Folks are continuing to come. Time's not late. Man, let's just let go and let God have his way. We're going to be here to pray with you. If you need prayer, we're here. You come and we'll pray with you if you need prayer today. All right? Let's just keep our heads bowed just for a moment while God's dealing and